0: Gather round, gather round, join us for a spell There is magic to be found and stories here to tell Feed the fire, merry meat, dare to more than dabble All are welcome at our hearth for a little Bonfire babble
1: Bonfire babble
0: Welcome to the bonfire.
1: Exploring magic with two modern witches. I'm Corey, And I'm Detta.
0: We are about to interview one of my favorite tarot deck creators of one of my favorite tarot decks, the Crow Tarot. I also had never been an oracle card person, and the very first oracle deck I got was the Urban Crow. And now, of course, I have a couple more, you might say, but she was my gateway drug. The artwork is astonishing, And when you touch these decks, there is magic the moment you put your hands on these decks. There are some decks that just sing to your soul, and this is one of them for me and for a lot of people that I know. Although pre-orders of a deck we're about to talk about in the interview called Roar are over, MJ did anticipate and ordered extra to have on hand for those who may still want to order them. So if you are interested, she does have a limited supply. So I wouldn't wait if you really want to get them. So if you're interested, I really encourage you to pop over to her page. We will have the links to her website and her Instagram in the show notes. And I really encourage you to check it out. But right now, let's meet and interview MJ.
2: Oh, here we are. Hello. Hello. Hi. oh my god. <laughs> well welcome MJ Cullinane. <laughs> Actually, MJ Cullinane is a business name. Um, it's what that's my my nom de plume. Um, oh. I go by uh, my name is Margot. Well how so, Margot. Margo, Margot Margot, like uh, Margot with an A-U-X. And so that's I love it. Neat. Um, but MJ Cullinane is uh, the name. Okay, this is a funny story. Can I just tell us real fast? Oh, please. Okay, so the reason why my company name is MJ Colonnade and I don't go by my business name is because when I was working at that software company, I created a Facebook page called MJ Cullenade so that my boss wouldn't see what I was doing. And so I could post things about working at that company because he was a complete misogynistic asshole. So I would write things underneath MJ Colonnade. <laughs> and then and then I, I used it for my... my Bracelets and stuff, and it just sort of took off. So I'm like, oh, now I guess I have this like Facebook presence. I've got to freaking keep it. <laughs> that is brilliant. And it's my nana. And Cullinane is my nana, uh, my Irish nana. It's an Irish ass name. It is. Oh yeah, yeah. So Daniel Daniel Cullinane is was her husband, and he passed away at a very young age. Oh. But my nana Margaret uh, Cullinane. That's who it's named after. So that's a here It might be. They might be related. I don't know. You,
0: we could be. It could, it could be. be. I wish I was. But no. My last name,
2: my other last name is Jones. So I mean, like how, woo, you know, that's so exciting. You could be related to a lot of people. I'm I'm sure. I'm sure I am. You we have well, no idea. Um. What is that beautiful lighted up tree behind you? That was our Christmas tree that my child was not happy about. No, we didn't get a regular tree this year. No, I, you know, with everything, it just didn't feel like the holidays. Mm -hmm. And I wanted a different tree. So we got this tree, and then we're going to decorate it for each holiday. So that was the plan. I love that. And then decorate it with ribbons and things. Like if I post something, generally speaking, I get wonderful things, you know, but every once in a while, I will get a nut job, you know, on there. You know, like yeah, I see that. Like when I p- I place ads and stuff, and there's always that like that person who's like, "You are a sinner," or "You're oh, gonna yeah. burn in hell." You know, we have gotten
1: exactly one "You need Jesus" type <gasps> comment. So, yeah, and I was like, "Buddy, I know the guy." He's awesome. Right. It's actually, fine. like
0: Jesus I mean, would have been down with all of this. Totally would have been down. And what's so wild is one of our sparks. We we tell people that we we announce people that um are mean something to us at the end of the episode. And Corey shouted out cross culture Christian. Christian, and he went uh-huh. back and and was really active talking with us back and forth for a while until he got overwhelmed with everybody. He took got, a little
1: hiatus. He took he because he took off. He got and he was really like, big on TikTok, yeah. which is like the new place to get enormous. And he oh. just like blew up. And he was like, This has been great, except I can't right now. And I was like, more power to you, bud. <laughs> Take a break. Yeah. <laughs> and
2: so are you guys, guys on like,
1: TikTok? I am.
0: She is. Yeah.
2: Do you understand how it works? Yeah. I don't understand how it works. It's
1: it's the algorithm, mm-hmm. once you like get it like locked in, is tight. It is really? such a good algorithm, yeah. Because um, like I don't see any of the, I don't see any of what I like to call straight TikTok, uh, okay. and uh, I see a lot of like queer artists of color mm-hmm. and drag queens and crafters and nerds and just musicians I didn't and get that. A lot of comedy. You gotta like, like the right things. And okay. not interested in the right
2: thing. Uh, and I'm also eventually, you'll get there. I'm concerned, like, about my 11 year old getting onto TikTok. I would know? be too. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Because I, yeah, especially with all of the like the people who seem to prey on kids or like the Nazi people. You know, I'm like, I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm always asking. I'm like, who is that? You know, have they been vetted? You know, yeah. are they? Are they? You know, like, do they? Somehow, do subliminal messages. You know, yeah. I think
0: if you stay aware and involved,
2: my feed, yeah, my feed
1: is mostly like hot lesbian. Like clay potters and <laughs> like these people who cook over campfires in the woods, and like people who do educational
2: stuff. Right oh on. Okay, maybe yeah. I'll dive back into TikTok. I just can't. I couldn't figure it out. It was the same thing with Snapchat. I used it for a hot minute, and I was like, I don't get this. I'm old. Apparently, I love Instagram. Yeah, I love the gram. Yeah, I know, love the gram. Snapchat and my Facebook. You know, I love Instagram. That's my that's my jam. I'm good with it for sure. You know. Well, like, I don't have enough time for for the other stuff, you know, I mean,
0: now that the election is over, Facebook is slowly. I keep trying to do important announcements mm-hmm. there, but everybody's gotten used to the fact that almost all my stuff is political now on Facebook.
2: Oh, well, how do so. you not get hit with people like slamming you? Oh, I'm in or, an echo chamber. Are yeah, you?
1: Same. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. I, mean, I did
1: some really aggressive pruning yeah. in last did March you? or so. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I posted something as a general announcement on my Facebook page, um, just saying, hey, this was back in, I want to say November, or maybe it was before that. It was it was basically just saying, hey, the post office is really delayed. I I, I spoke with the woman here in Ballard who yeah. manages our office here. They took out her equipment. They, they wouldn't let her hire anybody. Um, they were so backed up. It wasn't even funny. So I posted something like that. On my Facebook page, just saying, Hey, here's what's going on. Right. And I linked it to an article from MSNBC. And I got people, I got a backlash like, I will never order your decks again. Why did you bring politics in it? Who do you think you are? You know, like just stick to doing art, all that kind of nonsense. They and probably I like, yeah. never
0: did anyway. They were probably trolls.
2: Well, it's funny because the people who are like, I wish I never ordered from you. And I'm like, Wait a minute, you didn't. <laughs> That's what they do.
0: One, they think they're going to get to you, and then they think they're going to get to your followers and mm-hmm. stuff like that. They're, they were awful. I had 3,000 people before Trump got elected um, mm-hmm. because I used it for a lot of film connections and stuff. Networking, well. baby.
1: Yeah, and,
0: <laughs> and family. I kept stuff custom. I went down to 2,100 within <laughs> the first six months that he was in office. Oh. And it was just like, okay, but these 2,100, uh, give or take a few— They're good. Mostly my family is not on Facebook with me. Yeah. (laughs) Not that I had 800 family members.
2: (laughs) I know. I know what you mean. When Trump got elected, this was, was it 2016? Was, I was doing something totally different. I was making bracelets and jewelry. I was making vegan um, jewelry. Oh,
0: wow. And it was,
2: it had just started to take off. I was on um, King 5. I was, yeah, on, on the North, was it Evening um, evening Magazine? Yeah. I was on Evening Magazine. Things were taking up before Trump. Okay, so this was spring before Trump. Things were starting to take off. I was in the Grammy Award gift bags. Life was good. <gasps> holy moly. Trump gets elected and holy freaking shit. Everything just fell apart. I had quit my job. I was working at, for a software company making a really decent salary here in, in Seattle I mean, I'm a single mom. I was able to pay my bills, take care of my kiddo. I mean, we were living in a basement apartment. It wasn't great, but, you know, it's Seattle, for God's sakes. Mm. And when I I quit my job to pursue this passion, right, this I'm like, I can do it. I manifested this. This is right. And this is a a long story in a sense. In a way, it actually opened up the the door. It, It had to have happened this way so that I could make the Crotero. So I can't be angry about it. But when Trump got elected... Um, everything just went to hell in a handbasket and we almost became homeless uh, like months later. And it was really bad. It was like the kind of bad where you're like, Oh my God, I don't know how we're going to eat or pay bills or what I'm going to do. And that's how, that's how the Crow Tarot came about. It was out of like one of those things where I'm like, okay, universe, you totally fucked me now. Now (laughs) it's like, You've got to help me out here, and literally the whole deck just kind of came into my head, like the, all the cards just flew into my head, and I was like, "Oh, it was a gift." Because oh and, and the God. point of all of this is that it's like, yeah, when things look the shittiest, right? When when things are like, "Oh, oh, oh my God, I don't think I can go any lower," that's when I think the lesson kicks in, right? And when things happen that are supposed to happen, because I would never have made the crotero if my vegan bracelets you know, kept me at the steady, okay, you know, surviving level, you know what I mean? Yeah. I would never have felt desperate enough to, to, to reach out and to put that energy out there, that cry for help, right? So I, one of your questions you had asked me was, um, what's the card that gets the worst rap? The tower card gets the worst rap, And I freaking love the tower card. When I see the tower card, I'm like, holy shit, yeah, change is gonna happen. Bring it on. You know what I mean? So (laughs) I can't fucking stand that card. That's that's my like
1: arch nemesis card.
2: Why? What are you afraid of? It's change,
1: it's good. It's it's important and I always listen to it when I pull it but I feel like it's always there to roast me <laughs> like really aggressively <laughs>
0: Here's what I think. We just had a conversation with an astrologist. We took a snippet of it for Aquarius for uh-huh. his birthday sign and they and she said, she goes, and then the tower card and blah 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 and we started laughing because I know her relationship with it. and she goes, you know, I wasn't gonna say that, but something came into my mind and I had to say something about the tower card. And I'm just like thinking, um, Corey, I'm so sorry, but I think you're in for it for a while. <laughs>
1: But my, my guide to my guide to embracing the tower card I pulled the five of pentacles last night ooh, and, uh, ooh. yeah it was like a it was a what do I need to do and work on and like focus on for myself uh-huh. in the coming season and it was like hey you're suffering why don't you ask for help and I was like why don't you shut up <laughs> but I get it Sometimes I to we say, don't like
2: it when when the tarot is very real, you know? Yeah. I mean, I'm the same way. When I see the five of pentacles, I'm like, oh, fuck.
0: No. No. I feel that way about all the fives. Every time I pull any mm-hmm. of the fives from any of the decks, I'm like, oh, freaking fracking. Really? <laughs>
2: really? You got to do this to me now? Just- I don't know. The five of swords, I have a love hate relationship with the five of swords, you know, because sometimes you kind of have to be a little bit like, I see that as like, I'm a little bit selfish. I'm going to take what I want. It's like, it's like the Eric Cartman card, you know, I do what I want, you know, it's like, I just don't care. Screw you, <laughs> screw everybody. Um, but sometimes <laughs> you have to have that. Like you have to, you have to channel that energy sometimes to get things done or, you know, if you're dealing with design by committee, or if you're dealing mm. in an office situation where you're, I, oh, so I'm sorry. I am
0: <laughs> such a huge fan, oh. and I remember the first time I saw your cards. I, I think you were doing a Kickstarter. Is it? Was that no, the platform? It, was in, it was Indiegogo. Indiegogo. I couldn't remember Which, the platform. I'm
2: Can I just say right now, for anybody who is curious about whether to do an Indiegogo or Kickstarter, hands down, Indiegogo is far easier. I mean, they have their faults, but that last Kickstarter I did with Grimalkin was a complete, like, uh, dumpster fire. And, like, just trying to get everything organized. Mm -hmm. It was not fun. Indiegogo, way easier. So if you're going to create a deck, if you're going to do anything, I highly, highly recommend Indiegogo over Kickstarter. That is good advice. Yeah. I, I, oh, I can give you a puffer of, of advice. Well, on and things not
0: to movies. do. Yeah. <laughs> I was telling Corey before we started. I, I wanted to ask you, and so I can edit this out. Um, mm-hmm. Just, just okay. let me know um, if you wanted to. Would because I didn't include it in the questions about what it's like to be a business owner. One in COVID. Two by yourself and, and deal it. How do you do it? Do you mind talking about that?
2: Oh no. I, so I love it for many things like being by yourself. I tend to not play well with others. I don't share my crayons. I never have. Um, I'm not that kind of person. Like I'm not, I'm not a team player when it comes to working in a, a creative capacity. Mm-hmm. Right. So I like working by myself, this pandemic, I'm sorry to say I'm okay with it in many ways because I don't like going out and being chit-chatty and I'm not, I'm very much a recluse, you know, if I could go live out in the woods, like JD Sollinger, I totally would. My child would not let me do that. Um, (laughs) As far as the pandemic and and working by myself, that part has been good. The work itself, even like pre-pandemic, sometimes it is just exhausting. I mean, thank God Shuffling started doing the shipping for me. The last video I posted, um, when I was shipping out the guardian of the night decks, I think I was like, I was very close, I think, to having an actual heart attack. Um, Mm -hmm. I had brought down, like I brought down, like, I mean, like a whole room full of boxes and bags and each one was very heavy and got them all ready for the truck. And, you know, on my own, my kid does help me a lot, but she can't do it. You know, I mean, she's 11. Um, it's not like she's, you know, like going to be able to do a lot. That part was just so physically exhausting. I don't know if like you can appreciate like just I live on the third floor. And so bringing up like 30 pound boxes of decks oh. up the stairs and then bringing them back down to the stairs and then getting them to the post office, loading up the car and doing all that stuff. And then so that would just be exhausting. was just as exhausting like 2000 decks. Oh, dude, you have like, literally, I'm like, and then I'm like, why am I still so fucking fat? I'm like, why? (laughs) Because I literally have been climbing up and down stairs. Like I'm doing CrossFit, you know, I'm like lifting boxes. I'm moving them over here. I'm moving over. I'm like, why on earth? Like, have I, I'm not a twig. Shuffled ink is now doing all of that. And I should have done that to begin with after the Crow Tarot. That's like that, that I should have I should have started having somebody else do the fulfillment because it has taken such a weight off my shoulders.
0: That's amazing. And can I just uh, say, because I'm looking at you, Uh, she's not fat, everybody, whatever. (laughs) But I'm a runner. I feel your pain. I've I've been running for five years. And can I lose any of the extra pounds? No. No. So I'm just like, okay, body. So I just love my body the way it is. Cameron Menheim's Wake Up, I'm Fat is one of my favorite books. And yes, Cameron, I do wish you were a lesbian. And if you read the book, you'll know why I'm saying that.
2: I accept you until you like want me, to, like you, you give me like a high pulse rate, you know, when yeah, I'm literally walking off. up three flights of stairs. So um, Especially without, when
0: I've been doing it for two months, just yes, knock it
2: off. You know, like without like literally just carrying up like, you know, some almond milk up the stairs. I'm like, why am I, why am I so exhausted? I'm winded. The hardest was when I was doing the shipping, but being in business, um, I'm not good at, with admin chores, as you probably know, because i will not see your email or I'll, I'll see it. Sometimes I'll see it at 10 o'clock at night when I'm in bed and I'm like, I can't respond to this. No, of course (laughs) you can't. No, I don't think that, but then the morning comes and then I'm like, Oh wait, I have to make breakfast. Oh, I got to walk the dog. Oh, I've got this other stuff. Oh wait. And then this other person just emailed me a question and they are like really adamant about getting an answer right now. So I have to stop and answer that email. And then chuckle Dink is like, Hey, can you proof this? I'm like, yeah, sure. Can do it. And then before you know it, it's like that email is like, it's like four o'clock in the afternoon. And I'm like, I forgot about it. So that's why I always tell people, like, please just send me a gentle nudge. I'm not ignoring you. I'm I'm really not. Like, I really honestly want to answer every single email. Sometimes you're just a single just... entity. Yeah. And I, I and sometimes think that's the day important. just slips away. I mean, like every once in a while, I'll get a really nasty, really nasty email about, and I'm like, I'm like, whoa. And then I have to check myself, right? Because you have to check your own energy, and you're like, okay. I'm not going to let this impact me. They are obviously frustrated and it probably has nothing to do with whatever this deck is or whatever. I just need to just relax, you know? So I deal
1: with that same thing at work a lot. Do you? And people oh. who, who assume that I'm a robot yeah, or nice. something and they like, they just like go off. Fortunately, there's like protocols in place to be like, hi, this person sucks real bad. Can you deal with it? <laughs> but yeah you gotta like you gotta regulate that
2: kind of energy intake Mm because woof right well that's what when i did the urban crow deck i have a card called displacement and i recognize this energy um more like more now after making that card because it's that energy of when you have a nasty call right when somebody calls you and they're being a complete you know pain in your ass and then you get off the phone and if you have that energy inside you it has to get out somewhere and if you just place it towards like say your friend right or to you know to Detta, and you're like oh my god why did you ask me that question it has nothing to do with that person, right? It has all that energy. So I'm learning more about displacement, and I catch it when I when I read an email now, and it it makes my heart sink that they're not happy. Like having something not happy is like that makes that literally makes my heart hurt. And what would happen is I would turn to my child who was like, "Hey, mom, can I order this? Hey, mom, what's your? like, like What, what do you want? <laughs> you know." Um, what are your fate? Like, what were some inspirations
1: in the city? What are your favorite parts of the city that you incorporated into the urban oh. crow? Yeah. Okay.
2: So, um, mainly in the urban crow, it was just the color scheme. So when, you know, when you're walking down the sidewalk in Seattle, you have just, there's just this like, grayness, right? I mean, whether yes. it be the clouds, the sidewalk, the city, it just feels very gray. And then you'll you'll see like there's like pops of greens and like olive greens or just like the pea green, whether it be the grass or the moss. And then there's like the flowers that just seem to pop out of like out of nowhere. <laughs> and so mainly with the Urban Crow, I took the idea of Seattle where it was that grayness, the colors, the muted colors. But then I added, a, you know, of course, like the waterfront. I added the water elements, whether it be like in the luck card or the abundance card. Of course, the bottle like the, uh, the Roost and Bothell was there. But really for any of the cities, because Seattle is just like one of my cities, you know, I mean, like I grew up in Boston, yeah. I lived in New York, I lived in Cincinnati. Um, oh, wow. There's just, a, there's just an overall, it doesn't matter where you go. When you're in an urban environment um it just looks different. Like I can't, it's like I can't explain it. Oh my god, it's like there's just like this, like I don't want to sound woo-woo. Okay. Sound like, woo-woo. Bring on the like, it's almost like there's like an aura to the city, you know, where it's like there's just this grayness, but then there's also color and the color stands out so much, you know. There's so much
0: different energy, I think, in a city than there is—I mean, it's just a—it's why people like to get away to the forest, who like to do that kind of thing, and why my wife will never want to live in the country because she's just such a city girl. She grew up in San Francisco because Mm -hmm. it is. It's a different—it's a different vibration. Mm -hmm. It resonates on a different level. So Boston is one of my—I've only visited once— fell madly in love with it.
2: I love Boston. Yeah. If it didn't snow, we would move back. But I'm never moving back because it snows. <laughs> I lost my car in Boston in a snowstorm. I was like, that's it, I'm done. I don't <laughs> ever want to live here again. I never want to live here. I never never want to shovel snow. I don't want to walk through snow. We can go to the mountains. See, that's what the, that's the best thing about Seattle, right? Because yeah. you can be up in the mountains in the morning. You can get all that snow, whatever, in your system, get it out of the system. Then you can come back down to the city you can enjoy city life. Then you can go to the beach and yeah. have a bonfire at the beach. You know, and it's like it's the best of both worlds. And then you come you to Alki, we'll have. In... I'll pick you up. We'll have bonfire. Oh, a wet
1: quarry. Yeah. I was say, Then you can go walk through the forest. Yes, for the next mm-hmm. afternoon.
2: Mm-hmm. You totally can, right? Yeah. And go to Discovery Park. I love Discovery Park. It's one of my favorite places. Yeah, yeah, and
0: I love that about this particular city. See, mm-hmm. we have so many great green spaces. Well. So what I found interesting, what I wanted to ask, Corey knows what this is, and I I can kind of guess what it is, but I don't really know, no. But digital collage, can you tell us a little bit, one, what it is, what drew you to it? And I kind of suspect some of it, does, does it
2: influence your car? I mean, could you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, no. Okay, so digital collage. And so the Crow Tarot was the first card. Um, was the first deck I made, and um, I was using a smaller screen when I was doing that. I was in my, like I said, we were in like this like basement apartment, and my resources were very tight. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I, ha- I I made that deck with the resources I had. It is it's where you take images. So like, if I go down, like I walk out and I photograph a flower, right? I then take that flower and I put it. On my computer, and then I enhance it, or I draw around it, or I just add stuff to it. Deck, I'm able to add a little bit more. Like I was able to buy a really nice set of equipment <laughs> for my next deck. As I'm working on Roar, you know, I, I actually wow. got like a real tablet. So I do a lot more drawing, as you can tell. Like in the Urban Crow, it looks less jagged, or it looks less um, slapped. I don't want to say slapped together, but it looks less collagey. And like, so with each more deck, defined. it's more, it's, 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 there's more, um, fluidity between wow. the images between, you know, each part of the image. So, um, what it basically is, is I layer a lot, like, so each card, like there could be anywhere between like 10 to hundred layers on each card. And then I pull and enhance and it's like, I like to think of it kind of like how, a conductor pulls a symphony together, and they pull like each element. So, like I'll pull flowers, I pull this and that, and then I bring it all together and I manipulate it in such a way where it doesn't look like a picture. You know, like you know when you see like there are decks that are digital collage decks that are, you can tell it's like they cut a, an image and it's like very collagey. I like to make things look more dreamy or less collagey, but I like yeah. to I, the collage enables me to do things I think that in my mind I can see in my head that drawing sometimes doesn't always translate you know what I mean so I like that like it gives it like a photo quality kind of like when you see like what do you call it um when things are silk screened you know like sometimes you can get that quality right I think that you can just do so much more with digital collage and even when I was doing mixed media, like I used to actually paint on canvases. I mean, that was like where, where, when I actually started doing, and I would still do collage. Like even on the canvas, I would pull elements, whether it be cut paper or cut images. And then I would put those in the collage as well. So I still love the idea of taking different things and putting them together. Does that make there's sense?
1: A, yeah. There's like a beautiful richness and depth to, to an image that has layers, even if they're made two dimensional, like. Mm-hmm. You can f- like feel the weight of those images, I feel like.
2: Yeah. And I love like, oh yeah. Like So for like Urban Crow, like in the Sacred Space card, like all of these, like each one of these pieces in that nest is a different layer. And then you can layer and it just gives it a depth that it's really hard to do if you're painting. I mean, maybe people, I mean, I'm sure people can do it, but I don't have that ability. So I, my job, I, uh, my, how I view my job is to get these images that I have in my head in this information that I have in my head out the best way that I can. And so, you know, like whether that is through drawing some of the stuff or painting some of the stuff uh, or doing digital collage, you know, really, it's just about getting the information out. If that makes sense. Yeah. Sometimes I, I don't know. I,
1: I, your art is super cool and it gives me kind of late eighties, like, street art expressionist art vibes and I was just wondering yeah. if there are any like illustrators or artists that you feel super inspired by
2: oh yeah okay so I have two which is fine because you said late 80s and that's uh, Jean-Michel Basquiat Jean-Michel
1: Basquiat that is exactly who I was thinking of oh my god okay. yes
2: hold tight hold tight I gotta show you something hold tight fucking love okay. that guy Great. you're gonna love this you ready for this I'm ready have <gasps> you seen this yes have you seen this
1: I love Maya Angelou it.
2: with Basquiat paintings. Oh I mean, my like, god! this, I got this. I was, like, I was like, because of doing Maya Angelou for the Roar deck. So I try to, I do, you know, I, I try to get an inspiration, get a feel for the person. And then I'm like, oh my God, there's a book with Basquiat and Maya Angelou. Holy crap. Like am like, sign me up. So anyway, yeah, Basquiat, when you said like the 80s vibe. Mm-hmm. So that was really, so I went to Parsons in 90. I didn't complete. I, I went for like just a short time. <laughs> yeah, because it, it's expensive. And my parents were not very supportive, but that's neither here nor there. What it did give me was an, uh, an appreciation for New York and being in New York in the late, I used to go to New York on the train. Like my parents would think that I was going out to the mall. I would hop on the Amtrak. And I would go to New York. It's a five hour, it's a five hour train ride from Boston. But my friend Liz and I would hop on the train in the morning and then come back late in the evening. And they would just think we were like out around Braintree, you know, like that we were just around. (laughs) I love New York a lot. So a lot of the art that I do, I think is inspired by that. But also the other person is Frida Kahlo. And she is my spirit guide. I, I shit you not. I really think that Frida is with me all the time. Like wow. like I talked with her, she's the one who told me that her first card she did not appreciate it, she did not like it and I had to redo it. So <laughs> I had her done. And, <laughs> and, and
1: you know and, who and will I, say something if they don't like it? Frida Kahlo. Yeah. Frida
2: Kahlo. Oh, she definitely said she's like that's not that's not good. That's not good enough. She basically just said that's not good enough. So I was like, all right, I'll redo it. And so I think she's happy with this next one. I I still think she's not 100% soul, but whatever. You know, I'm doing my best, Frida.
1: (laughs) We're all just doing our best, Frida.
2: (laughs) We all can't be you. You've obviously been into
0: tarot for a while, and you were telling us a story about how the universe opened this up to you. Mm -hmm. Do you you practice? Do you call Uh yourself a witch? Do you practice witchcraft and... Is the morrigan anywhere in your
2: practice or anything like that? I Yeah, no. Okay, so I call myself a witch because I think that is the only way to convey, like, when I say a witch, it makes me feel powerful, right? And when I feel powerful, then I can manifest. I don't like to, like, lump myself into one category. If I was going to be anything, I would say, like, yes, I'm a solitary witch, you know, like, I... I do my own little rituals. I have my own little practices that I do. Um, I have my own book that I write in when I need to create spells. Like I I write things out. I have a spell book that I use for my own own personal stuff. I don't share, you know, with, uh, with people. It's like, this is just, this is my thing. I kind of feel like, you know, I was brought up Catholic and it's kind of like how we approach Catholicism. We are what we are. We don't say what we are. We just do our thing. We go to church on Sunday or on on Christmas and Easter, and that's it. You know, and that's kind of how I'm approaching this witchcraft thing. It's like I am what I am. I do my thing. I, you know, I will partake in certain like Yule type things, like the burning of the Yule log. It's very personal. You know, I do candle magic, and I do that rather frequently. That is one of the few things that I practice on a regular basis, and I can tell you. If anybody thinks it doesn't work, I can assure you it does. (laughs) And I believe really it's just harnessing your energy. Right. And I don't think of it. I don't think any of this, by the way, is like magic. I think science just hasn't caught up to what it actually is. You know what I mean? I love what you said about uh, calling yourself a witch because
1: it makes you feel powerful. When you feel powerful, you can manifest. Mm -hmm. Naming is such a powerful thing. It's like, when you get a diagnosis or Mm -hmm. like, you know, a name for a feeling or things like that, like it makes it, it makes you more powerful Mm -hmm. regarding that thing. And I just think that is like
2: so succinctly put. So thank you for that.
1: Yes. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Thank you. Um, it's funny because people just want to shy away or they have this idea that, oh, like, if you're a witch, then you have to wear all black and you have to wear black lipstick and you have to look goth or you have to be this. I'm like, I was goth in 1985. I'm sorry. When I was cute and goth, you know, it's like. Oh, let's the, just do that because we enjoy the aesthetic. Yes. I'm like, it's like, you know.
0: I'm I not, need those pictures, by the way, Margot. I'm just Oh, saying. no.
2: We, they've all been burned. Everything. <laughs> I, my, I my mom sent me nothing like I have nothing um but it's it's okay. It's don't worry about it.
1: Um, that is a awesome. warrior. She's a nurturer. She can't help. Uh, it.
2: You are. I can tell you are a nurturer, which is lovely. I mean, we need more nurturers in this world. We really do actually, because I feel like, you know, we all have this opportunity. We can be negative. We could be positive. Right. And this kind of goes back to that whole energy thing. When you make a decision to behave a certain way, you're making a choice to be negative or positive. And the more negative energy we put out into the world even if it's just small things it adds up it's like depositing it into a bank right so like why don't we just deposit more positivity like everybody you know I mean not to sound like a big Pollyanna which I'm not which is which is also why I like being more of a witch than say like a new agey person um because witches are less um when I in my mind um don't see the world as being awesome and perfect all the time yeah, because it's definitely not. Know it's really it's not. not. It's kind of sucky, actually, you know, sometimes. Dark energy can do just some great stuff. Is that light energy? It actually, <laughs> you know what? Remember, like, Public Image Limited? I mean, even though, what's his name? Johnny Lydon is a complete asshole. Um, but he did say, um, he is, he really is a horrible person. Have you I ever really? heard him on Fresh Air? With um, with what's her name? I can't remember her name now. Um, uh, fresh air uh, with uh, Terry Gross. Terry Gross. He was so rude to her. Anyway, how can I mean, you be rude to Terry Gross? I know, right? Gene Simmons. Both were just horrible people to her. But anyway, the, he, there's a um, anger is an energy, right? From public image limited and it it truly is when you get angry enough. Oh my God, I have been so angry, and again, that's where that spark. It, it creates a spark of energy, and if it's harnessed in the right direction you can create good, right? You can also create it, create something really horrible and you can destruct relationships and, and jobs and all these other things. But if you take that anger and you point it towards something positive, oh my God, like that's where you manifest things. That's where, that's where you can really pull that, that, Universal energy back towards you. So we didn't get the five-day
1: work week because people were all sunshine and rainbows, you know. Oh my god, no! <laughs> yeah,
2: um, you, one of the questions you sent me was my favorite card. Yes, the magician, hands down. And you know, and like you think like the empress, you know, because that is like my life card, whatever, because it's a three. But, but the
0: magician? Why the magician?
2: Because I believe that that is really, we all, we are all the magician. Like we all have that power to pull all of our resources together and do whatever you want. Like it it, it's there, it's all available to us, but I think so many people are afraid of the power that the magician brings or just afraid of their own power. And they shy away from using every bit of stuff they have inside to manifest whatever it is that they want, like their deepest desire. Right. So, um, I really wanted a baby. I'm just going to tell you, like, I want, like when I was 36 years old, I was in a horrible relationship. Oh my God. Horrible relationship. And I wanted out and I wanted a baby and this person didn't want a baby. I could have been like, you know, like, okay, well, this is my lot in life. Okay. Well, I'm just going to stay here because it's comfortable. It's not perfect. But instead I looked around, I'm like, no, this is what I want. And I pulled all of my resources and I'm like, I can do this. And I, and I manifested it. I, I, I kid you know, I manifested it for wow. I really did. Now the universe is funny because what um, the universe did was it made father a complete ding dong. He's a great father, but he's not a good husband. We consciously uncoupled and it's fine. You know, oh, that's really nice. Yeah. I mean, we have, we actually have a good friendship, oh, but God, the universe God. is funny in that it's like, Oh, you want a kid, but I'm not going to give you the whole
0: package. <laughs> you didn't add that to your manifestation process.
2: When I made the request, I didn't say, Oh, and by the way, like, you know, <laughs> add the pickle on the side, you know, it was like, I got what I got. Can I
0: just insert a story here about a manifestation that's not my own manifestation, but it's a story that I just love so very much. There's a guy, can't remember his name. He was on Chips for those, you know, five years. Eric Estrada? No, it was one of the, he was also in Parenthood. He's one of the minor characters, one of the secondary Mm -hmm. characters. Oh, Paul Link. He did this show after his wife died called Time Flies While You're Alive, mm-hmm. and he toured it up here to Seattle. And it was a beautiful, beautiful show about how his wife had cancer, and they prayed and prayed and prayed for a miracle that she would survive, mm-hmm. and and they kept praying for that miracle. And he goes, here's the funny thing about manifestation. Goes, I prayed and prayed and prayed for a series that lasted five years so that I would get all those residuals. If I'd just said a quality show, I could have been on Hill Street Blues <laughs> instead of Chips. We prayed for that miracle for her. We wanted her to have a miracle, and she got pregnant. Oh. And she then prayed to stay alive till the baby's first birthday because everybody said, abort it, you can't have chemo, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, I want this baby so badly. And she got to be there for the first year of the baby's oh. life. And I just think it's such a great manifestation story. And here's an interesting thing. The guy who wrote the short story for Arrival, I, I ended up seeing it both times um, when it, it was only here two nights. Ted Chang, he came to see that show. And that is what inspired the story for Arrival. Uh, Manifestation just going on.
2: About specificity. But I also, I mean, it kind of harkens back to the the witchy thing. You know, it's like, if you believe that you have that power within you, then I think you can manifest anything. But you have to be specific.
0: (laughs) You do, and then you have to do the work afterwards. I mean, oh yeah, yeah. Oh,
2: but that's yeah. what that's what the magician's all about. The magician isn't sitting on the couch and watching Netflix and being like, "Yo, where's my car?" You know, I mean, like it literally is about doing the work. I liken it to baking, right? So the magician card is like baking. You have all the ingredients around you. You have the flour. You have the eggs. You've got the milk. You've got everything, right? And then you also have the oven. The magician itself is the oven, right? The oven alone without the ingredients is nothing. You can just turn it on. It just wastes energy. If you have all these ingredients, but you don't have the oven, well, you've just got a bunch of like just wet ingredients that don't bake or become anything. But when you put all of it together and you use that magician energy, which is the oven, you put all of your ingredients in it, then you get freaking bread and everybody loves bread. <laughs> that is true. That's a it's spell work. truth. <laughs> that is
1: true. That's a universal truth. I love that. That is a great metaphor. That you know, it's
2: like, it's like <laughs> that's how I, like, with Rev, really, it's like, it's about putting in the work, you know? You, I mean, sure, you can go to the store and buy bread, but it's not nearly as good. That is what we are constantly
1: saying on this podcast, is you just have to do the work. Do the work. Yeah. Make yeah. it work.
0: Make it work. You totally yeah. <laughs> do. Make it- You have decks. <laughs> I love the Crow deck. And by the way, I've never been an Oracle card person. And, mm-hmm. and now I have the Oracle cards because Yay. you made them and your artwork. is just like, I just oh, love them so much.
2: I love this deck. Can I tell oh, you how much I love this deck? And please, if, please. if you haven't seen the book or if you're not familiar with John Marsloff, um, please, please find him. Um, he is a professor at the UW and his study is like Crow behavior. I mean, like, dude, he has like the dream job. He must have manifested that one because it is literally a job where he gets to watch crows
0: and crow behavior. There's another book that I think he's a part of and he I'm not is, remembering the name. I have it. It's That's okay. book
2: on, um, I want to say it's like insights of crows and ravens insights sense of behavior. Cool. I'm going to look it up. I'll you the links to his book. Oh my God. It's like the stories I had somebody on can't remember like what, oh, it was, I was watching her video and she was lovely and I can't remember. It's like truth about tarot. Oh my God. I'm so sorry. I can't remember. I'm, I'm embarrassed. I can't remember her, but anyway, she, she's like, I don't person. know if crows drink and smoke. And I was like, yeah, um, I read it in the book and they do, uh, they drink and they smoke just like deer find fermented, you know, apples and they get drunk, you know, like, Oh my God. Oh my God. You should Google drunk deer.
1: There are a number of animals that will get into like rotten fermented uh, produce and just get wasted.
0: It's like when my golden
1: talk? retriever was a puppy
0: and we just thought it was the weirdest thing he would go into we had a garbage can that wasn't didn't close he uh-huh. would get in and we thought oh my gosh you're going for food no he'd go for any alcohol that was yeah. in a wine bottle or beer bottle and try to lick inside it was like no dude you can't do that
2: No, no, they do that. So crows will smoke and they'll see people smoking. They'll pick up the cigarettes. I mean, I don't know if they actually enjoy it, you know, but it's, they're mimicking us is what they're doing. And they're, they're, we're influencing their behavior. But I did have a, I did have a dog way back when I would take the Kells with me and he would get a little, the bartender would give him a little thing of beer. I'm I'm sure there's many people who are like, oh my God, I can't believe he did that. I mean, it was a, a small amount. It was not dog abuse. I mean, literally this was the best happiest dog ever. Um, and he was very well loved at Kells. So,
0: oh, Oh, when we can go out again, I love Kells. So you were just on to crows. It didn't really have to
2: do with a deity. Oh, with crows? I've been into crows for as long as I can remember. I mean, they're my they're my animal. Like they're like long before the movie The Crow. I'm just gonna say, you know, like I have loved crows. I liked crows before it was cool to like crows. I like yeah, I like crows like back when they were just birds, you know. But now there's something else. So you but know. now there's something greater. They no, have um documentary.
0: Know. Um yeah. <laughs>
2: I don't know what it is, what, what, or why, why it is, but they've just always been that kind of bird that just fascinated me. And I love, I, mean, I love seagulls too. Like when I lived in Cincinnati, it was the weirdest thing not to see seagulls. Mm. In fact, they, I didn't see um, crows there either, which was really I'm like, where are the crows, crows you know, are so everywhere?
0: That's I know, bizarre. Right?
2: I know. Right. I even went to a cemetery and I didn't see any. And I was like, where are the crows? There's just, there's just something about them. And then when I moved here, it was, we were living in Lake Forest Park and which is near the Bothell Roost. Like, so it's like, you know, Bothell, Kenmore, Lake Forest um, Park. And so we were living in this house and we would get like hundreds of crows that would stop on their way to the roost and sit on the fence and sit in the trees. And they would, I used to ride my bike on the Burke Gilman trail after I left. This is when I was living with my ex. And this is like a long meandering story, but I'm like a crow that way. Cause I'm like, Oh, I'm over here. I'm over there. Long story short is I ended up, I left my, my ex and I moved to East Lake and I had a job up in Lake Forest Park and I would ride my bike on the Burke Gilman and the crows. I would just see the crows all the time. And they were like, I felt like they were like my companion for those, like, was it 10 or 11 miles? That's on a the long
0: yeah, ride. Yeah. Wonderful
2: ride. I mean, it, it's so beautiful, but they would be there and they were just always there. And I always felt like they were like, I, again, like, I don't want to sound woo, woo, but I always felt like they were like, just sort of like talking with me. Like they were like, they, they were are. there to keep me company and hanging out. And we would talk and I still talk to my crows. I mean, I talk to the crows out in my balcony, you know, and, and sometimes they're not very nice, you know, when I'm not giving them enough food or not timely enough, you know, they're like, come yeah. on, chop, chop lady.
0: If I'm not out there by nine thirty, they start talking. <laughs> Yeah. They're like, where are you? Where is the food? What is going on?
2: You're like a lazy human. What's wrong with you? We have things
0: to do today. We need breakfast.
2: I know. Like, right.
0: Like, how do you expect
2: us to, like, you know, monitor the block? That one card I have, um, I have that communication card in the deck. That was literally this crow before I got Layla. Um, now Layla and the crows are getting along just fine, but they won't come up to the door like they used to. Um, So they would come right up to my, my door. And so I'd be working and then I would hear like peck, 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 peck. There would be freaking brave one, like right there. Like, come on, like shrugging his shoulders. Like you're late, you know, come on. Can you just like hurry it up? We know you have food in there. And so when we got Layla, the crows now just to stay on the railing, but they still come up like she'll be out there and they don't, they, and Layla's fine with the crows. Like she doesn't jump at them or anything. They sort of have this yeah. nice sort of, like, I think they understand each other, mm-hmm. which is kind of interesting, you know, don't get
0: used to each other. Now the crows wouldn't used to come out when Riley, uh, the golden was, was mm-hmm. out with me and the last week. Just after all this time, he's he's coming out with me, and they're like hopping around him.
2: Aww. And the cats
0: are another story. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> if if one of the cats get out, they're like, um "No, thank you, we're out of yeah. here." <laughs> well, don't like
1: cats. Riley couldn't take down a crow if he tried. But your cats, although they are very tubby, some of them could still mm. catch a crow. So well, and this- the
2: crows and the crows just see it as a cat, and they're like, "Oh yeah, you know." Well, okay. tell, us,
0: tell us what decks people can still get other than the Crow Tarot, even though I love it so much. Oh.
1: <laughs> so, okay, I do Crow... love
0: your other artwork as well. And I've got a couple of your posters from oh, Guardian God. of the Night and just just some beautiful, beautiful work. What can people still get? What can't they get? And what do you have
2: coming up? Okay. So what they can get so through U.S. Games you can get the Crow Tarot deck, not the Crow Oracle, and this this has been a very confusing thing for some people. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, um, and very, and in, in, I'm including myself in that because people will send me an email and I'm like, are you talking about the Crow Tarot or the Crow Oracle? Um, so the Crow Tarot is through U.S. Games, the um, Wise Dog deck. They're publishing that, and that's not out yet, right? No. Okay. And then my independently published decks, I'm independently publishing my decks from now on. I'm not working with a publisher anymore because it's like giving your work over to somebody else and then getting almost nothing in return. Oh Oh my God, that sounds horrible. That sounds horrible. If you can do things on your own, and you want to make money as an artist, I think that's just the way to go. So independently publishing, it has its, everything has its drawbacks. I wrote a a blog post like, so you created a a tarot deck, now what? And it kind of outlines like the pros and cons for each, for each thing. Okay. So what I have available, I have a handful. I mean, like literally I I need to check a handful of Urban Crow, the second edition left from the second printing. I have the upcoming Roar deck that's ready for pre-order. And that is it right now. Um, okay. I am working on a third printing for the Gurmalkin and a second printing for the Guardian Garden of the Night, and they're going to change a little bit.
0: Okay. I'm so, on both of those, though. Getting I'm rid of <laughs> myself
2: on that list. <laughs> getting rid of the borders. What? I'm getting rid of the borders on both. Oh, okay. And I'm changing the card stock to, so when you have like Urban Crow Oracle, this is a 330 GSM. It's a um, black core card stock, which means that it's like the kind of the Vegas, the um, mm-hmm. dealers in Vegas, like you can't see through it. There's absolutely like, it's, I guess other cards you can see through, but this is oh. like one where the card stock has black core in the middle. I don't know, but it's a, it's a higher end cardstock so I'm going to use that for both those other decks and then that's it I mean that's and those will be coming out and then of course there's roar which I'm still working on oh my god like that deck it's a little bit harder because it's not animals and you know with crows it's like you know I'm gonna put a crow this way I'm gonna put a crow that way crows are flying crows are sitting crows are squawking you know Um, people it's a different thing you know their energy is totally different and I want to make sure I capture that person's essence you know what I mean when you hold that card I want you to be like oh I can feel you know their struggle or I can feel what you know what the message is that they're they're trying to convey it's not just a history lesson in a in a box you know it's also to be used so that you can connect with that that person on the other side so that's that's amazing I hope so I mean like I really like I've been really working hard on this deck to make it something that's useful but also in in a sense yeah I mean educational too like I would love for little girls to get hold of this deck and be like oh my god that lady buck tradition too and she looks like me and I could do that I can stand up or I don't have to listen to what like my grandparents say are the you know is the right way to be I can pave my own way you know so like I mean there's yeah that's amazing. Yeah, and I right.
0: also have to say before, and thank you so much. You've been so generous with your time. Thank you. Thank you.
2: Oh, no, I'm but, a talker. I'm so sorry. I'm like, you guys are probably like, oh, get this lady in, off the
1: phone. You're in good company. Yeah, yeah,
0: <laughs> totally fine. But I just have to say, because I've been, I I was into tarot before I found the my path as a witch. So I've, it's been 30, 35 years and there's so many great decks out there. I have, I can say without hyperbole, I have never read a better guide. Oh my God! Thank I will you put this. Me. It's the complete guidebook for the Crow Tarot, second edition, and I. It's a, for one thing the storytelling about each Crow's story mm-hmm. and what is going on, and then all of the different descriptions that you have the the elements and the balance, the positive traits in balance with the negative traits out of balance. For one thing, I love that the general message and the past position, present position, advice position, and describing. Everything, uh, every picture on the car, I just, I just fell in oh. love with it. It was, it was like a book, like because <laughs> it is a book. But, <laughs> but even so, and, it, and but it still gives room for interpretation. Because I did a read uh, for my wife after all these years, my very first reading ever for my wife. And she picked the crow deck out of the decks I had, and I was able to talk about it. But there was room for interpretation because we were doing the Celtic Cross. Jumping off of what you had, too, as well as uh, being intuitive and going away from the book. But the book was such a tether to to the story and to the story that was telling. And by the way, it was uh, such an accurate read. I won't get... Yeah, oh, yeah. it was. <laughs> she was freaked out how accurate it was. I mean, I if i had picked gone through and picked the cards myself i could not have done a more accurate read was it yeah oh, yeah it was <laughs> she was freaked out how accurate it was i mean i if i had picked gone through and picked the cards myself i could mm. not have done a more accurate read
2: i do have to say that that deck is magical it is. Just, i mean it really is freaking i think it's because the energy that came out of it if you only knew like the it was like a mama bear, which is me um, who needs to take care of her kid. And it was like, come on guys. Like my guides, I've been with my guides. Like, I swear it's like, they, I, I talk with them regularly. We have this like this love hate relationship. It's more like, I know they love me. And sometimes I just really dislike them. Um, but they, they are working to help me. I know it. Um, but I think it really is something that, I I do believe that deck is is magical. And I really think the urban crow is like, is is up there. It's like, there's, it was a very similar, not quite so like, oh my God, we're going to be homeless energy. It was more of like, Anger about everything going on in the world that sparked this deck. I mean, there's a lot of shadow cards, as somebody had pointed Mm -hmm. out, um, in this deck. And it was just because, like, I'm just so over, you know, like, everything that's going on right now. This is before the election and just with the fires. And, like, we literally had, like, mosquito tornadoes and we had the pandemic and like my cat deck like took forever. And I like, everything was just like raw, you know? And I think that's what the, that when I create, usually when I'm creating, it's usually because I need to escape reality, you know, in some, some capacity. So I really think that that energy comes through in here and it becomes something that's positive. It's not like you're going to find this deck that's all negative. It is a shadowy deck. To
0: quote Jonathan Larson, the opposite of war is not peace, it's creation. Oh, my God. So, awesome. Isn't that great? Rent. Thank you, Jonathan Larson. Yeah.
2: That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Yes. And it's very true. It is very true. You know. Um, thank I'm, you. So thank you. Oh,
1: oh before, before oh, yeah. we skedaddle, though, I wanted to ask you, um, I'm going to shout it out later. So okay. this is going to get repeated, folks. Oh, before before we skedaddle though, I wanted to ask you, I'm going to shout it out later. So this is going to get repeated, folks. I know that you have an Oracle deck called the Roar Oracle and I am completely intrigued by it. I think it looks like an amazing project. I would love to know Do you have any sort of context or information that you would like to provide for that? It looks like an unusual project and I want to make sure people know all about it.
2: Okay. So the Roar Oracle deck is 54 cards, you know, that it's, it's not like your regular, like, it's not like the Oracle, like say like the Crow Tarot, where you see like this distance, you know, like where it has like the general, you know, like warning risk, that kind of stuff. Um, It's well, calling on your board of directors, as I like to call it, your advisors, and there are women, there are 54 women who just made such remarkable history, yet for some reason in our history books, we did not celebrate many of these women. I mean, like you wouldn't even know, I've been diving in deep into the, uh, women's studies (laughs) here in, in history. And I mean, like, uh, granny nanny is a great example. This was one badass woman who came over from Ghana, um, and basically said, oh, oh, you, you think I'm going to be a slave? Uh, think again, check yourself. I'm not. So goodbye. And she's in Jamaica. And she went up into these hills that literally like no one can survive. But this woman using her history, using magical forces, like they, the, the Spanish were like, dude, this lady is supernatural. There's something up with her. She's not right. We can't fight her, and so they basically said, "Okay, Granny Nanny, you can have this area, and um, the people who left the plantations, the sugar plantations, you can have them too, and you guys can all be free. Uh, we don't want to have anything to do with you guys because you're there's something going on there." And so she literally fought. Oh, I'm sorry, it wasn't Spanish. She she fought the British and was like. She not only freed herself, but she freed a ton of people. And like our history books don't even tell us anything about this remarkable woman. She taught them how to like what herbs healed them. She taught people, you know, how to do guerrilla warfare, like long before, you know, guerrilla warfare was ever like taught by military people. But this deck really goes in and it, it's not about just giving that history lesson. It's also about like when you pull that card, right? Maybe- Granny and Nanny's coming out to to help you find your history. What lessons can you wow. um, draw on? You know, what are you missing? She's kind of like the Hierophant, You know, it's like that 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 energy from the past, the, the wisdom, the old teacher. You know, and then there's of course like this Rosa Parks. You know, like you have to stand up and and take what's yours, rightfully yours. So when you when you draw each of these cards, yes, you'll get a little history lesson, but also I want it to be a deck where somebody can ask a question and then find the answer from beyond the grave. Like find somebody like find their their spirit, you know, that will come through and bring them a message. And again, like with my other, with the Urban Crow, what you get, what you divine from your deck, it's going to be very unique to you. So the message that I may get when I pull, say, Julia Childs, you know, may be very different than the message that you get, but it's still going to come through and help and I think be helpful. You know what I mean? Yeah. But the deck really does. I mean, I've learned so many Wonderful stories from like women like the night witches and the Russian night witches. Who, um, yeah. This deck is just it's full of, I think, surprises for the cards. You know what I mean? Like when you go through, you're gonna be like, oh wow, I didn't know about this person. Or it may be a card that you go, oh, Audrey Hepburn. Yeah, you know, she was a really beautiful soul, you know. And what can I, you know, what can I take from her today? What wisdom does she offer me today? I really love this. Like I in partly. I really do want I mean this deck is very diverse and I really do want every little girl I want like girls to read it or get a hold of it and just find somebody in there that they can connect with like I connect with Frida it's a it's I connect with her on a, a more spiritual level um but I want that for other I want like I think we need more role models I want you know, I, I want our kids to see like it's okay to stand up, speak your truth, and if somebody doesn't like it, screw them. You know, I mean, and if they're if they're a boss and they're telling you um, that you need to behave a certain way or that you're being bossy or you're being too outspoken, you know, it's like f that. You know,
0: <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> I want to buy this for all the little girls in my life.
2: I know it's like and I, myself. I, I, can I just tell you like I'm like. I'm going to say my kiddo was the one who was like, oh, you have to do a car about Ida Lewis. And she was a woman in Rhode Island who jumped into a a rowboat and saved five men, despite the fact that it was a major storm. And she just didn't think twice. She's like, oh, I got this. Yeah. Weather? I got weather. No problem. And she went out and she rescued five men. She was a teenager. So,
1: I have this really cool postcard set that has illustrations of, like, women in... STEM and like really mm-hmm. cool influential women women on it. And I save it mostly to send postcards as thank you notes to family members that I think need to remember <laughs> how important women are. Yes. It's like my yeah. little it's like my little thank you for the birthday gift.
2: Also, check yourself. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes. Oh yes. Uh yeah. I mean Thank you so much. This, I
0: just can't oh. tell you what a,
2: All right. this Thank has you. been for me. Thank you, Brenna so and Corey. Thank you guys so much. And I really appreciate, I mean, I just so appreciate you guys and just your support and just. I really, it's like, I am so lucky to be an artist and to be able to do what I love. And it's only because I, I have supportive people around me. And I just thank you so much. I mean, like literally, I mean, when I, I manifested a deck, but I also manifested so much more than just a deck. I mean, it's easy to manifest a physical thing, but it, to manifest support and love is just, I, I mean, I have to say thank you guys. I mean, like Thank you. I mean, well, I give you a lot of shit, but thank you. Right back at you, <laughs> <laughs> and
0: I'm sure everybody's going right back at you. Oh,
2: big love big, love, big love, you
0: feed our souls.
2: So. Oh, well, oh, you guys. Well, it's it's a mutual buffet because I'm feeding <laughs> as well. <laughs> well, have a great night, and yes, uh, and uh,
0: yeah, and I'll see you um, at the Alcay bonfire. So, uh, Corey, do you want to send up some sparks?
1: Uh, I would love to send up some sparks. I'm feeling particularly sparky after that conversation. Me too. So like I mentioned during the interview, um, I'm completely intrigued by the Roar Oracle. So if you go to MJ Cullinane's website, which is MJ mjcullinane.com, a uh, dot com uh you can just scroll down and it's um two-thirds or almost to the bottom of the page the home page uh you can read about the project and you can it right there on the website and it looks so neat it so go check really it out neat
0: i'm calling out an, uh, an instagram person that i follow she is a I is she a yoga teacher She is. Corey knows her, which is how I think she must have come into my life on Instagram. And her name is Gabby, G-A-B-I underscore E. And she has been doing these stories. I'm going to start to cry. These stories that uh, are empowering. And she dedicates her yoga moves to... uh, certain people and certain ideas and social justice. And she's just a beautiful, beautiful soul and a beautiful human being. And I hopped on so that I could get her Instagram uh, handle. She's got this gorgeous picture that you'll have to scroll back to find by the time you hear this episode of uh,
1: from your friends that you shouted
0: out a couple of weeks ago.
1: Yeah, on the Aquarius episode, I shouted out this. My friend Kate, she's part of a company called ain't nobody like this body and they do boudoir shoots and yeah. gabby's is truly stunning oh
0: my gosh it's gorgeous i mean it's just oh talk about celebrating a gorgeous body and a gorgeous soul and a gorgeous human and i just want to say thank you because uh there are a couple of people i go to when i'm starting to uh go down that spiral of dang you humanity what are you doing
1: yeah
0: and and gabby's she, that person for yeah. sure
1: in yeah, real life really too. Is. Anytime I felt even remotely overwhelmed or um, like my energy was was sticky uh, at work, she would notice and she would like be there for me a hundred percent. And she just took a training this summer. She finished it, I think, in like the early fall. Um, but time means nothing. So that timeline could be a little bit off, but she took a yoga training, a teacher training that was um, basically centered around equity and social justice and um the way she talked about it you can tell how deep in her soul it is there to like do better and be better and confront bias and and just like be an amazing human and i love her very much yeah
0: she's doing a great job i just adore her yeah so what
1: is your second spark well uh funny enough another yoga friend of mine her name is cat uh catherine Boucher. Um, Ooh, beautiful name and she has a company called Catherine buch I, I can't even remember if it's buch or Boucher, and i feel terrible <laughs> for that but it's one of those and i say buchet because it's fun um it's called Catherine buchet wellness and the tagline is health with a touch of indulgence and she is a doula oh. and a yoga teacher and a bartender and a chef And she has pretty much like a number of services to that effect. So she's, she's, she caters and she does postpartum and she does coaching and she does artwork. She does prints for sale. She's just like the dopest chick. And I love her very much. And I wanted to shout out her business because In these times of being separate, she's offering really incredible virtual offerings. And so please go check her out.
0: That's great. And I know so many people who are having babies. So if you need a doula. Oh,
1: well, we've we've been in quarantine. What? Almost a year. That tracks. (laughs) Yeah. Well, yes. Yes, it
0: does.
1: (laughs) We have been in quarantine a year. This will be, yeah, by the time this comes out, yeah. Jiminy, Jaminy. Yep. Yep.
0: Later in March. We went in. I went in March 5th.
1: I don't remember, but yeah. I... That was the day I lost the stone in my wedding ring. No way. It was an opal, and I think it was a sign that my aesthetic choice had grown and evolved and I'm getting it replaced with a, uh, blue sunstone. Those sparkly blue ones that kind of look like the night sky. I'm going to do that. That sounds
0: gorgeous. Really? You never
1: found your opal? Uh, I went to the yoga studio to help clean it out and, uh, basically put all the retail in the back closet and everything. I couldn't find it. I, I realized as I was getting ready to leave for the final time that my stone was gone and I couldn't find it in there, which means it must have fallen out either on the road or fell down in the sidewalk or whatever. It was just an opal. It's not like it was like a super pricey stone. And like you said. The diamonds are still in it. Yeah. (laughs) And you're letting it move you
0: to the next phase and your ring gets to grow with you. I love that. I love that. Well, everybody, thank you so much for joining us for, you know, my fangirl episode.
1: <laughs> we, it was a real treat, and it was fun. It, was, it felt like sort of just hanging out, and oh, that Oh, it was totally nice. did. But until, until we see you all next time, be well. Harm none. And don't forget, you are magic. Hey everybody, if you like this show or you know someone who would like this show, feel free to share it and like, and then rate and review us. Reviews, even if it's just like a smiley face emoji or a little thumbs up, a review helps us get seen by other people. Um, So if you have the time, it costs nothing, please drop us a line.
0: Yeah, and a follow on Spotify or iHeartRadio is also very helpful, depending on where you listen to us. So thank you. And you can find us on Instagram.
1: At Bonfire Babble, Twitter. Bonfire Babble Podcast.
0: Facebook.
1: Bonfire Babble Podcast.
0: And our Gmail.
1: BonfireBabblePodcast at com. That's a place you can go to sign up for our newsletter or to ask us any questions. We
0: would love to hear from you.
1: Heck yeah. I would like to acknowledge that we are on the traditional land of the first people of Seattle, the Duwamish people, past and present, and honor with gratitude the land itself and the Duwamish tribe. For more information, reach out to realrent.org.